The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. Sometimes we're just tired. And so today's message, I think, is going to be really good, encouraging that way. Um, it might be a little challenging too, but uh, uh, Jesus, right? We're going to be focusing on Jesus. We've been going after him every, every kind of week. But Jesus, my great rest. There's some things I'm tired of, right? One, I'm tired because it's 11 o'clock service. I preached at 9, and uh, I'm just fatigued, right? Six hours of sleep probably wasn't enough. Uh, the fast of 10 days, not enough food in the system, but, you know, God's good enough for all that. I can rest in him on that all day long, okay? Right? But there's a tiredness beyond that physical tiredness, that emotional, mental, spiritual even tiredness sometimes. Like where I'm just so kind of fed up, so kind of tired of, sick and tired, right? Of kind of following uh, the world and uh, seeing all the news that's on and just all the that kind of goes around us. You get what I'm saying? Anybody? Anybody get that? Anybody feel a little like, man, I'm tired of this. Can we just go home yet? You know, Um, because it's just, it's just a lot. Tired of playing the world's games when I get tripped up and do this thing, you know. I'm back in church today because this is my place of rest and I kind of feel safe here and that's all good. And uh, that's what the passage is about. So go ahead and flip over to um, Hebrews chapter 4. Sometimes we're tired of being empty, of lacking hope. Tired of not having any promise or any future ahead of us, right? Or at least thinking there's not any. But uh, here in Hebrews chapter 4, there's tons of hope, and it's all in Christ. It's in rest in Him. So I'm going to read the Word, and uh, I want to encourage you with the Word. So, but here's what I want to do. As I read the Word, I want you to think about entering into that rest that we're talking about. And how I want, I want you to do something practical. I want you to underline it. Every time it says rest or rested, okay, I want you to just highlight that in your Bible, underline that in your Bible. You good with that? If you're not good with that, your neighbor is, all right? So they just go ahead, feel free. Anybody that sees somebody not using their pen, just go ahead, just reach on over there and just, you can get theirs too. I give you permission, all right? God is honored by us uh, highlighting his word and we're learning from it. So write these things down, uh, highlight them a bit there. Okay, here it is, chapter four. You ready? Ready, good. Therefore, and that therefore goes back to what he's been talking about, this unbelief, right? Because of this unbelief, man, I got you all stirred up about unbelief. Take care lest you uh, have an unbelieving heart. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, while the promise of entering his rest still stands. I know you got your head down in your Bible, but I'm looking at you. I'm like, while the promise of entering his rest still stands. Woo! It still stands today. I didn't miss it? No, you're in church. It's a great place. You're going to hear more about the rest. It's awesome, right? Because God is awesome. He's not failing. He's faithful, right? We've been all over that. Let us fear, lest any of you, notice he doesn't include himself in that, 
should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Why not? Because they were not united by faith with those who listened. They weren't listening. They heard it, but they weren't listening. For we who have believed enter the rest. Amen. You know, if you're a believer, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, that's right. We who have believed enter the rest. I'm there. Hold on. As he said, back to his point, in the word, scripture, as I swore in my wrath, they, that they there is unbelievers, they, unbelievers, shall not enter my rest. Like, that's harsh. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Although God predestined, foreknew, is sovereign, still these unbelievers are not entering his rest. Wow. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. This is Genesis 2.2. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. What you need to know there is God's rested from his creation. And again, in this passage, he said, Back to the point. Unbelievers shall not enter my rest. I have written in my Bible right there, believe, right? (laughs) Believe, right? Since therefore, it remains, what remains? Somebody tell me what remains. His rest, his rest, it remains for some to enter it. I have that circled, highlighted, underlined as well, because that's the rest. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter it because of disobedience. We have disobedience. We have what? Unbelief, right? So these are things that go together. Because of that, again, he appoints a certain day. What's the day that he appoints? Today. Today, he says saying through David, right? It's Psalm 95. You're like, man, this guy's so smart. I'm like, no, not really. It's all written down here uh, because I studied it. You could be just as smart as me. Just write down Psalm 95 right there. Just write down Genesis 2-2. It's it's not really that smart. Okay, great. Just wanted to make sure that you knew. Um, I'm just a normal guy like you. Again, he appoints a certain day Today, saying through David, so long afterwards, in the words already quoted, what did he already say? Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I have written in my margin there, today. Believe today, okay? For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. If the promised land, if Canaan was it, if that was it, done. That's what he's talking about. Bam. That's what he was talking about back then. That's what he's talking about in Psalms. Then it would be over. Hold on. Then he wouldn't have been talking about it in Psalms, would he? Yeah. That's the point. He's bringing it back up in Hebrews. It still remains. It's still there. There's a day later on. What's the day? What's the day? So then, the day is... Jesus Christ, it's just assumed right there. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest 
for the people of God. Israel, the church, for whoever, and, and this, is, this is a better translation, for the one who has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Who do you think that is? Who do you think he's talking about? Who's the whole passage talking about? Jesus. Jesus has rested from his works. What, what did Jesus come to do exactly, Steve? Go ahead, ask me. Do you really need to know? Doesn't everybody know? Well, maybe somebody here doesn't, right? He died for us. He lives for us, right? He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb three days, just so anybody couldn't say this is a sham. And he rose from the dead. Witnesses, 500 of them, right? Plus. Why? To offer you forgiveness for sins. His work is done. Your work just started. <laughs> Accept it, right? And live it. Then he says, in that tone, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. I mean, this is worth doing. God's resting. Jesus is resting. I want to rest. How do I rest? How do I rest? I want to rest. Not time to rest yet, is it? What does he say? What does he tell us? What's the word? Strive. Right? It's a, just, a, I'll explain it later. Strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. I didn't want to hear that. God knows my heart. Yes, he does. And I'm praying that the word will cut right to your heart today. As it did in Acts 2. And we might see something awesome, some revival happen today, right? Because the word is that powerful. And no creature is hidden from his sight. So unless you're the creator, you're included. But all are naked and exposed to his eyes, to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. I have written right after that, who? Jesus, right? And you're like, well, how'd you get that? Where's that at? I don't know. I didn't see that. Well, look at verse 14, just quick. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. That's how I got it, right there, okay? I just want to be reminded before another paragraph starts that, hey, who we're really talking about, who I'm going to see face to face, who I'm going to give an account to is Jesus, all right, so if God rested from creation, he's not idle. Rest doesn't mean I'm idle, sitting on my hands like, oh, I'm not doing anything, right? Rest means done with that, moving on, right? Does anybody have an idea that God, like, isn't doing anything now? There are thoughts like that, like he just wound up the clock and let it go, and now he's just, like, sitting back like, hmm. No, God's not like that in me. Man, he's interacting with my life all the time through his word and other things. You can see God working if your eyes are open, right? Jesus, right, came to what? Die for us, came to what? Live for us, right? It wasn't just dying that saved us. It was raising from the dead, conquering death and sin, my sin, that raised 
<laughs> you know, him from life and, and now can raise me, right? Anyway, he's resting. Does that mean he's sitting on his hands? No, he's, we've already been over this. He's interceding at the right hand of God, right? But I want to now enter that rest, right? I want to. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, this world is hard. I need encouragement. I need some practical advice. How to, right? How to enter God's rest. So how do I enter God's rest? How do I enter God's rest? I might already let out the answer. What do you think it is? Listen today. Yeah, listen today. There you go. Two words, two words. Believe today. Good, good. Obedience, great. Come on, give me another one. I'm liking this interaction. It's a Sunday school answer. Jesus. It's like, ding, everything's about Jesus. This whole series is about Jesus. Jesus is greater, right? How do I enter God's rest? Through Jesus. That's it, right? Through Jesus. So, hey, that's true. Anybody can argue with that? No, that's true. That's the Sunday school answer, okay? Let's just all go home now, all right? Let's just pack it up, go home now. I'll just give you back some of the time I've taken over the last uh, few weeks, all right? And we'll all be square. That would be great. I would like to do that. <laughs> I really wish I could do that. But um, we don't just come to the cross of Jesus Christ and sit, Right? That's a great place to rest. But we don't just come to the cross and sit. If we're mature, we press on. We move on, right? The cross behind us, right? And we're, 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 we're saved. We're resting in that salvation. And now we're moving on to more mature things. So I want to give you some practical handles to that today. Some practical advice this morning and every morning. Whenever it's today, you can just crack this out again, okay? Fair? Good shake? Okay? So that might mean today you can do it, and that might mean tomorrow you can do it, and that might mean the next day you could do it. Yeah, I think every day is today. So, yeah, pretty much you could just... So here's what I want you to do. Write these things down. At least this week, I want you to keep it in front of you, right? So you can see it. So make a commitment now. Put it in your heart. I'm going to write these things down. Just three points. Just three words each. I'm going to write these things down. Maybe even memorize these things. I want to keep them in front of me to encourage me. It's good practical advice so that I can enter God's rest. Okay? This is how I'm going to enter God's rest. First thing, verses 1 through 5. Believe God's word. Believe God's word. Look at the verse, therefore, because of unbelief, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, woohoo! Let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. But the message, the word, right? The gospel, the good news they heard did not benefit them. But they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. It's behind us. We've already entered it. In a way of speaking, I shouldn't be tired today, correct? 
because I've already, I, I just, I could just relax, man. I got a whole message to preach, though. I just, ah, oh, just, God, do it, you know? Like, you could do it. That's what I need to be doing right now, right? Rather than be like, what am I going to say next? He's be like, just do it, Lord. Rest, you know, in Him. That's what we're looking for. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day. I love how he just keeps kind of being flippant with Scripture, even though he thinks it's so powerful, obviously, by verse 12. He's just like, it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter who. It's God, right, that said it. And, the, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Does that seem like a threat to you? No? It's a promise. It's a promise. Maybe a bit of a warning to those that are, uh, say they're saved but aren't or are casual in their Christianity at the best. But to those who don't know, to the unbeliever, it's a threat. It kind of feels like a threat, doesn't it? You're not entering my rest. All right. <laughs> so if you're kind of feeling threatened right now, that's a good thing. Um, it's good that you know your heart. The word pierces to the heart, right? It's good that you know your heart. If you're feeling threatened by the Lord that way. The promise still stands. You can enter God's rest. How? There's two words here in the text. Look at them. Uh, first, there's the word fear. Let us fear. Circle that word fear. Fear is an attitude. And what I want to say to you is, <laughs> go to the word, right? Remember, we're talking about believe God's word. Go to the word to build your reverence for God. Go to the word to build your reverence for God. Sometimes fear is warranted. If you're wrong, right? If, if a police officer came to your house, Ed, and said, hey, you know, we've had a lot of burglaries around here, and uh, so just make sure Lori's safe, make sure you lock up tight tonight, like, you wouldn't feel like he was threatening you, right? He, you'd feel like he's protecting you, right? That's kind of the same thing here. He's like, you know, there's, there's two kinds of fear. To the guy who's like, I don't have locks on my doors and I'm not ready for that, then that's like, I'm scared, right? But this kind of fear is an awe, a reverence. It's like, all right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> that police officer came to my house. They said that. I'm going to do that. Like, I respect that what they're saying is true. And I'm, I'm, take, I'm heeding that warning. I'm going to make sure we lock tight tonight. I got the baseball bat under the pillow, so to speak. Right? So to the unbelievers is a threat, but to the believer it feels like a promise or a good warning. And you see it here, this fear. It, and he should seem to have failed to reach it, for good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them. It didn't benefit them. Why? Because they didn't fear. There was no respect. There was no reverence. There's no worship. They're like, do it again, God. Prove yourself again. You've seen it ten times. No, do it again, God. We want to see no respect, no fear, no worship. Do you see that? 
So I just got to ask you, is my fear of God benefiting me? Just think about it now. If you're walking this way, boom, something happens. Fear of God, I shouldn't walk that way, I need to change. It happens to us quite regularly. Sometimes we don't see it, we blow right through it. Does that fear stop you in your tracks? If somebody came to you in small group, Brandon, and said, hey, I see this thing in your life and you know what you're doing, it's not good, would you be like, you know? Or would you be like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going right through that. You know what I mean? A healthy fear can protect you. It's a good thing. So there's that fear. Does it help me in my time of need? I pray it does for you or that it will continue to. But then there's this next word, faith. Do you see it? Right there, verse 2. Because they were not united by faith with those who listened. They were not united by faith. And then he goes on in verse 3. For we who believed enter the rest. And I had you right, believe after verse 5. This faith, this faith, uh, I fear is an attitude. Faith is an action. Right? Go to the word to activate your faith in God. Go to the word to activate your faith in in God. It's good news that came to us. It's the good news of Jesus. It's the message. It's the word. Is it going to benefit you or not? Is it going to unite you or not? Are you in this camp, listeners? I get it. I'm going to do something with it. Or hearers, right? That sounded good. Let's go have lunch and do whatever we want, right? Think about it. Which, which camp are you in that way? The faith in God. The belief. They're not united. That word means to mix in. To, to fit together. Maybe like a puzzle. To compose, to arrange. Right? I'm not very musical, but if you're musical, it'd be like Brent wants to write these songs, you know? Uh, and we're, we're writing songs for the church. Some of them are done, some of them aren't. Uh, why aren't they done? Some of them, well, maybe we have words, but no melody. Or maybe we have a melody, but no words. But you don't got a song without both, right? You got to mix it in. You got you to you put the band together. They got to, you know, it all has to get together. Do you get it? Right? For, for those of you that don't get music like me, uh, how about I use a more uh, construction, manly uh, type illustration, right? So we have the living water of the word, right? Living water, you could drink it, boom, right? And some of us drink it every day, praise the Lord, right? We believe in God's word and uh, we drink it every day because we believe it, right? Belief determines behavior, does it not? Attitudes determine our actions. And because I believe the word, I, I go and I drink it every day and that's great, right? It's like a day at the beach, it's like a sunny day. It's a good day. Every time I do it, right? I got my bucket of water. But just stopping there is why a lot of people have to come back again and 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 again. And they wonder why, why don't I feel God? Why isn't he talking to me? Why, what's going on? Just like, you need another drink, right? So what are we going to do about that? 
Well, he says they weren't united. They weren't mixed in. They didn't add the faith in. So what I'm asserting to you is that we need to add some Crete, right? So if you want to solidify the words of God in your heart, in your life, you got to mix in some faith, okay? It's just water. you got to put some Crete in there, and it's going to get solid. Then you can go pour some footings in your life. Do you get that? That's what we need to do. we got to mix something in. I'm reading the Word. I'm reading the Word. I'm reading the Word. Hey, faith. Faith. Put the faith in there. Do you believe what you're reading? Has God ever lied to you? Then you can believe it. All right? We got to mix in the faith with the Word. It needs to be together. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Make it stick. Solidify the words. Pour some footings in your life. It's the gospel, right? It's the gospel. It's simple. You just got to believe it. It's the message. But they didn't trust it. They didn't have any faith in it. So they weren't united with those who listened. Who listened? Caleb, Joshua, Moses, Aaron. Pretty slim pickings, eh? They weren't in that camp. They were the rest of the world. So I got to tell you, it sounds pretty easy, point one. Sounds pretty easy. Believe God's word. You're like, yeah, I do. Right? Four. Four. I've been reading Daniel a lot. Daniel purposed in his heart. He was resolute. He resolved to do this, right? To what? Keep God first. I wonder if, maybe if we really believe it, we need to make a commitment. I remember when I was a youth pastor, Hope was in my youth group, other people, but I remember there was a day when um, we went to a camp and the guy said, hey, I want you to make a commitment to read God's word every day. Every day. And a bunch of those kids made that commitment. There's a couple in our church, a couple have been in our church, and it changed their life. It changed their entire life. That was some 10 years ago now. More than that. 14. You want to change your life? You want to see a big, huge change in your life today? Make a commitment to read God's Word every day. Sure, you're going to miss a day. But if you don't make the commitment to read it every day, you won't read it any day. You understand? Make the commitment to read it every day. Tell God, don't let me put my head on my pillow. Remind me of this commitment. He will. He's faithful. And you'll go to lay down. I remember hearing stories of this. You'll go to lay down and be like, why can't I get to sleep? Oh, man, I didn't even crack the Bible. Go read a verse or two, and you'll be like, all right, sleep like a baby. Right? Ask God to do it, to be faithful that way, and then keep your commitment to him. Do you believe God's word? 
Do you believe it's faithful and true that it's a drink of water? That if you mix some faith in with it, it's going to be concrete in your life? It's going to be walls of protection from sin? It's going to be the rock you stand in when Satan comes to beat you down? It's the word. It's the word. Make that commitment today, please. Some of you are like, believe, read God's word, yada, yada, yada. Been there, done that, heard this before. Get a different message, Steve. I thought we were moving on to maturity, right? I thought the back of the bulletin said, uh, moving towards maturity. See, look at this, moving towards maturity, Steve. Come on, come on. (laughs) I get it. Well, this next point's for you then, right? Trust God today. Trust God today, again today, again today, again today. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, the rest, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter it because of disobedience. Again, he points to a certain day, today. So it's not like, hey, I've been there, done that. I wrapped the gospel up in a bow and I, boom. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We preach the gospel to ourselves every day. When we don't, we fall. I'm speaking from experience, right? It happens. If I don't walk in the grace of salvation, if I don't walk in the faith to know that I need God again today, I will be on my face in the ditch again. It happens. Good thing I have brothers and sisters to pick me up, get me back on the road, dust me off, clean up my knees, right? Say, come on, we can do this. Stay on the path. Stay in the rest that you have. Don't go in the ditch. Today, saying through David so long afterwards in the words already quoted. So here's the point about that. Today, if you hear uh, his voice, do not harden your heart. Here's the point about that. David sang it. The writer of Hebrews, we don't even know who it is. He sang it. They're pointing back to Joshua who said it. And I'm saying it again today. What does that mean? That means if you're in earshot, you haven't entered the rest yet, right? Not the eternal rest. But it's also saying there's a spiritual rest. And I want to exhort you to enter it today, right? I don't want you to die today and enter eternal rest. (laughs) I want you to live for God today. But today is a spiritual rest, not just a physical rest. It's a spiritual rest. That's why it's offered several times in the scriptures. That's why he's bringing it up again. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. It wouldn't have happened. It's not a physical rest. It's not the promised land rest. It's not the heaven rest. Those are included down the road, but it's a spiritual rest. It's resting in him today. So what's on your heart, what's in your life, what's in your mind that you're not restful about? Did you know my word for the year's rest? This has been a great message. Really penetrating. I'm not always a happy guy. My wife calls me on it often. She just does. I'm grateful for her. Like, you're crabby. You're annoyed. What's wrong? Like, I don't know. I don't want to be crabby or annoyed. 
Something's wrong. What's wrong? I'm not resting. Right? I'm trying to get it and control it and do it and squeeze it and mold it and twist it and get it there. Right? I mean, Brent and I, both we plan this service. We sit in offices and we're like, no, if we do this, no, if we do that, we pour everything into it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the service, we go, that was God. Right? Because it never happens like we think it's going to happen. And we could be uptight about that. Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? We talk about it. Trust me. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just going to rest in the fact that that's what God had for us today. And those were the people that were supposed to be there to hear it today. And that was the message that they were supposed to hear. And that the Spirit's going to continue to work in their life to get it done during the week when I can't talk to them. That's rest. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. When God speaks, you say, God speaks? I've never heard him. Or I haven't heard him lately. Do you have your Bible open? Because you could be hearing from him right now. He's speaking through his word. That's how he speaks. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, man, when is God going to talk to me? When's God going to talk to me? When do I hear him, you know? Be like, man, it's been a while. And then I'm like, well, I haven't been to church in a while. And that's when I opened the Bible. I felt close to him when I was there at church opening the Bible. And now I don't. Two plus two equals four. <laughs> right? When I'm in the Word, I'm hearing from God. And if you're not, just take a second and go, God, I don't know what's between us, but would you remove it? Teach me. Get it out of the way. Oh, He'll come. He'll probably have two or three things you need to confess right there. And if you do it, if you're faithful, you're going to hear from Him today. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat that the invitation is for today. Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him today? Rest means freedom from worry and things that annoy you. It means settled, fixed, secure. Not running around in circles. I'm steady Eddie here, okay? I'm not going after every fad or whim or TV show or new shiny ball, right? I'm secure. I'm resting on the thing that I know I should rest on. The foundation, the solid rock, the anchor, the hope. Jesus, it's remaining confident. No reason to doubt or fear. And it's leaning on God. Leaning on and into God, right? For life today and for eternity tomorrow. He says today. He says today. You've saw it in the text several times, no, after two chapters. He's like today. There's urgency. There's clarity. There's simplicity in that, right? And it should drive you to decision. I got to make a decision today. God's not waiting. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. That's morbid but it's true. It's true. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the next five minutes holds, sadly. Why do I try to control it so tightly? 
We need to trust him today, okay? Trust God today. Today is today every day. Believe God's word today and every day. And this third thing, give God everything. Give God everything. So down here, uh, verse 9. So then there remains a Sabbath day's rest for the people of God. Interesting thing about that rest is it's a different word than all the other rests that you highlighted. You might circle that one. It speaks uh, specifically of a seventh day rest, a taking, a stopping from your work rest. The others are just like, you can keep working, but rest in Christ in that work. Keep going, 10. For whoever has, uh, someday I'll preach on the Sabbath day rest. We, we good with that? I can't preach on that today, but someday I'll preach on that, okay? For whoever has entered God's rest, uh, the one who, Jesus, who entered God's rest, and those that have died, saints that have gone before us, has also rested from his works. <laughs> you know, there's a verse for that. It's Revelation 14, 12, and 13. I'll throw it up on the screen, okay? Here's a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus Christ. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their deeds follow them. There's a time when we're going to rest from our deeds. There's going to be a time where we're going to stop working so hard, right, for the Lord. And that will be glory. But until then, here's verse 11. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall. The word fall has this death connotation. The word up there rested was like the death of Christ. Rested from his works, right? And, and then you keep coming down and it keeps talking about death. You'll see it in a second. By the same sort of disobedience. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall, die out in the wilderness by the same sort of disobedience. Strive to enter, to apply oneself, to do your best, to make every effort, to pay serious attention, and to do it quickly. I think of a runner when I think about this striving word. Just stretching out, stretch, just striving, just, I'm gonna, but there's two different kinds of runners. Do you know that? Well, maybe three. There's people that don't run. <laughs> Exhibit A. My back will not allow me to run. I do not do it. All right? And then there are two types of runners. One, there's the jogging runner. Do you know what I'm talking about? The person's like, I'm a runner. I go running. I got running shoes and they cost under $100, and they're just like, you know, they're the jogging, like, I'm going to have a little jog. It's like, going to be a couple miles. It'll be fun. You know, and then you have, like, the racing runners. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, you don't. Okay, who's a racing runner? Come on now. All right, you know what I'm talking about. Alicia knows what I'm talking about. I just talked to her over here. It's like, the racing runner is like, how can I cut some time? How can I do it better? How can I strive to be better? How can I do it? You know, like, they're like, every second matters wearing the right clothes, wearing everything's got to be perfect, right? That kind of runner. The, 
runner that's putting it all in. We're all running after something. Okay? That's true. We're all giving our best, doing our very best, doing it quickly with something. Hey? True? True? It is? What is it that you're striving for, going hard after in your life? What is it? What is it that's keeping you from reading the word? What is it that's keeping you from coming to church every week? Hey, you're here this week. Good job. But what's going to keep you next week or the week after? What kept you last week? What's the thing that you're striving for, the thing that's so important to you that's keeping you from small group and uncommon community? What's the thing in your life that's keeping you, that you're striving for? Put your finger on it now. That's what he's asking them to do. Get real now. What's the thing that you're striving for that's keeping you from pouring your whole life out to God in service to him, right? That's the point. Give God everything. What's keeping you from giving God your whole life and even your death if that's what it takes? What is it? Make it more specific and clear. Men, what is it that's keeping you from signing up Today, since it's the last day to sign up for the men's retreat this weekend, where you will grow in your walk with Christ and be radically changed. Please do not tell me it's the $90, because if you do, you come to me, I will pay for you to go. There is no excuse, right, for not taking care of your healthiness, for not being healthy for your wife, for your family, for not being encouraged by other men and coming together, right? checking you a little hard, but I've just been fasting for 10 days for spiritual leaders, and it starts with you men, okay? We need to read our Bible every day. We need to disciple other people. We can't do that if we aren't discipled ourselves. You shouldn't just be signing up to go to the retreat this week. You should be offering to pay for someone else to go with you, someone in your small group. Call somebody from your small group today and be like, we're going to the retreat. No, no, that's not a good excuse. No, you're going with me. No, I already signed you up. I paid. Sorry, that's going to cost me 90 bucks. You're coming. (laughs) That's the kind of spiritual leadership we need. I'm desperate for it. Are you, men? We have a golden opportunity to change the whole world. Everybody in all of creation. Go read Daniel. Go read about Joshua and Moses and David and how God used those men. All I'm asking you to do is go to a retreat to further your walk with Christ. What are you striving for? What is it you can't cancel and won't go around? Now you're getting your finger on it, aren't you? Women, can't leave you out. What is it that you're striving for that keeps you busy so that you won't read the word in the morning or in the evening, moms, (laughs) when the kids are in bed? I know it's hard. I see my wife every day. 
But couldn't you just read it with your kids? Just get the Bible story book out. Well, that's not the Bible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> read it, and everything you've learned will come flooding back, and it will be cement. Cement it with some faith, right? And just, let's go. Throw that down with your kids if you have to, wives, moms. What's the thing that's keeping you, right? Sports, school, kids. Parents, man, I'm telling you, I don't do this very often, but I'm going to jam you a bit right here, okay? I love you enough to do it. If we announced the Vertical Kids Week, I'd expect that you'd be like, let's go, right? So, hey, dude, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual retreat. I know we're late. We just hired a guy. We weren't going to do it if we didn't get the guy, right? But we just hired a guy. We're good. We're on it, okay? Next week, we'll be out earlier. But if you can at all change your plans... And I know you start planning in January. We do too. If you can all change your plans, get there to Vertical Kids Week. Because your kids are going to be radically changed by that. Students, parents of students, I don't even know if we have any teenagers in here. Oh, we do. I'll just talk to you, Donnie, for a second. Sorry to single you out, but man, I'm telling you, your kids need to go to Lake Ann Camp. I know they got basketball camps. I know they got other things, but your kids need to go to Lake Ann Camp. I call it the best camp in America. I haven't been to every one. But I'll tell you what, it's a great camp. And I guarantee your kids will come back, right? And they will be radically changed for God's glory. You won't even, they won't even be the same kid. That's how important discipleship is. That's how important striving for these spiritual markers, these, these times with the Lord is. What's hindering you from that? You don't want to fall by the wayside or in the wilderness because of disobedience. Just check yourself a little bit. And then this verse 12. <laughs> Man, I'm really going long. I got carried away here. Oh, Lord. One of, one of probably your favorite verses in all the Bible. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. When I read that verse, there's one thing I can think of. It's a song from Lake Ann. I learned it there. It's a repeat after me song. You ready? Come on, church. You ready? Don't leave your pastor up here like that. You ready? There you go. Somebody knows what repeat after me means. Are you ready? Ready. Great. Word. God's word. God's word is powerful and mighty. Mighty, mighty is God's word. It makes the devil tremble. Beat that big bad devil with a Bible verse. Because word. God's word. God's word is powerful and mighty. God's word is powerful and mighty. Now you get what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. When I read that verse, I'm like, God's word is powerful. It's mighty. What did Jesus do when Satan came calling? Here's a word. Here's a word. Here's another word and another word and another word. And Satan's like, out of here. 
What does Ephesians 4.17 say? Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, right? Having done all the stand, take this as a weapon, your only offensive weapon. It's a powerful thing. Because no creature is hidden from the sight of God, but all are naked and exposed to his eyes, the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Exposed is the most clear word in that passage. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. It's uh, a very unique word. I would ask for a volunteer, Michael, but uh, it's a strangling thing, so uh, maybe not. (laughs) It's kind of a wrestling thing where a guy would grapple with a guy and he would grab him around the neck and he'd be looking him face to face. Or the other connotation of the word is it's a dagger. Imagine that. We just talked about sharp two-edged thing, sword, dagger. That was strapped to your neck if you were a criminal at a trying or hearing to make you look up. So you'd strap a dagger, sharp two-edged sword underneath you so you couldn't put your, you'd get cut if you, you get, see it, you get it. And you'd have to look face to face with who was judging you. That's it. One day I will see Jesus Christ face to face. That's the point. And because of that, I'm going to give him everything right now. As long as it's today, choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you get it? Believe God's word. Trust God today. If you don't know him, don't leave the room. Come ask. We have people that pray for you down here. Got it? Pray with you. Read the word until you get it. We'll go to, I'll go to lunch with you and read the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Until you get it, we'll just keep reading. Give God everything. These are practical handles that you can look at now and be encouraged with every day and it will help you enter God's rest. All right? Is that cool? That's our assignment.